the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. What makes materialism difficult to avoid? And then a professional weighs in on the things we should not let our kids do. You're listening to The Common Good. Happy Friday, friends. Welcome to The Common Good here on AM 1160. Hope for your life alongside Aubrey Sampson. My name is Brian Fromm. Glad to have you with us. On a December Friday. It's officially, we are in December now. Not even December 1st. We're in. We're going. Yeah. Uh, Christmas is is upon us. Fun. I love December. Are you listening to Christmas songs in your car? Brian, I've been listening to Christmas songs since Halloween. Yes. (laughs) Well, except you know my my radio problem in my car. I don't have a car (laughs) radio right now. I sent you a picture of it and you were like, the the wires look like hot dogs. on the radio, (laughs) but you do not, your car does not have a radio. So I listen to Christmas music on my phone, but because I don't have a radio, I also don't have a Bluetooth speaker, so I'm like turning the volume all the way up trying to hear it. It's kind of all sad. All you're hearing is your thoughts yeah. and your <laughs> thoughts. Well, we are in the Christmas season, right in the middle of it, and Aubrey, one of the difficult things of Christmas is a little thing we call materialism. Ah, uh, heard of it. What makes it, well, this is the most uh. obvious questions, but Expound on why materialism at this time of year. We all want to say Jesus is the reason for the season. We're we're not going to do this. And then it comes and Black Friday comes and Cyber Monday comes. uh, My dad said to me a couple years ago. Man, that FedEx truck stops at your house a lot. <laughs> so what makes it so hard? You know what does? Here's what makes it hard for me. Okay, and mm-hmm. you said that, and I people can't see me obviously, but I put my hands over my mouth in guilt and shame because I love buying my people Christmas gifts. I so you like love, buying others gifts. I love buying others gifts, and I go crazy. Like I already have a chart. Here's what I want them to get. Here's what. And so the problem with the chart. Although it sounds very organized and wonderful, once those things start going on sale on Black Friday or mm-hmm. Cyber Monday, I'm like buying them, buying them, buying them, buying them, buying them because they're on you sale do. now and I want them on my list. And I and then I'm like, but I buy them early. So like it's December 2nd. I've already gone through a lot of my list. But what happens in a couple of weeks when I see other things that I like? I this is what makes it hard for me. I love shopping mm-hmm, for my people. Mm-hmm. I love surprising them with fun gifts that I know they'll Gosh, love. I'm hoping and I'm one of your people now. You're not. This is good. You're not. So don't. You're not. Uh, so you're I, not. I know the bottom line is you know sin, contentment, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But I'm just being frank with you. Like I love shopping for my people. I love the sales. Mm-hmm. I spend too much money. And Amazon. I saw so many oh, posts. Somebody and yes. I, I, re- I reshared it, although it was kind of hypocritical. Somebody said, not today, Amazon. The way people say, not today, Satan. Because I went nuts on Amazon over the weekend. Like, got it, got it, uh-huh. got it. It's half off. It's 45% off. What about for my nieces and my nephews? And I mean, I just, yeah, I like shopping for people at Christmas. That is true. So this is a little off subject, but uh, for your, you have three kids. I do. I have three kids. Yes. 
do you how meticulous are you of we are going to spend mm-hmm. so our kids are either going to get the same number of gifts right. but more so they we are going to spend as close to the dollar amount as possible the yeah. same so i right now anyway this may not last as they get older but right now i've always been the same number of gifts and part of it is our christmas tradition that i got from my parents is we go around a circle and you take turns opening a gift and everyone oohs and ahs and over the gift. And then the one kid runs out. Exactly. So you like have to have enough. But I do see this as problematic as like my older son, even my middle son starts to want more expensive things. Mm-hmm. I think I'll probably end up balancing out by like one of the gifts will be like a pen. Yeah. You know what I mean? But Ca- yeah, we do the amount, the, meaning the number of gifts is the same. Carrie, um, my wife, has a, like this notebook in which yeah. it's it's both the number of gifts, but it's also the amount and trying to land them okay, as like close on the same. as possible. Yeah, well, Kathy Keller, that last name should sound familiar to you, Of she is married to Tim Keller. So she wrote over at the Gospel Coalition, Aubrey, about material. Materialism. Uh, are you ready to spiritualize materialism? No, I'm not you because ready? I don't want to be convicted about it. Here but it okay. comes. All right, Lord Jesus. Kathy help Keller me. writes Most people think materialism is the desire for many things or expensive things or unique things or all three. But the truth is, you can be a materialist at any income level or none. All that's required is you look to the material comforts of this world for your happiness. Yeah. What do you think about that as kind of a definition of materialism? Yeah, she's right. And unfortunately, with that one, you can't get away from it. Like, I can be like, well, I I don't spend as much money on these Christmas gifts for my family as someone else might. My neighbor does. But it's still me, like, wanting to be happy with things, little precious things. So yeah, you you can't you can't get away from it. What do you? This is where I'm. This is where I'm actually torn, Brian. Okay. Because I do like buying gifts for my people, and that's like one of my love languages. And I do spend within a budget. Good. Is it problematic? You know, when is it? When does it cross the line into too much? I always struggle with that every year. Like because I I read these messages and I don't want to be materialistic. Um, and I do try to be wise, mm-hmm. but like, it, am I going too far? How do you know? How do you know? Uh, I think her phrase there is really important about happiness. Yeah. About what ultimately, see, you're, ta- you're describing something a little bit different. You're describing, I like to give good gifts to people, mm-hmm. namely your kids and yep. your husband, yep. not your radio partner. Not like, my we radio co-host. <laughs> Definitely not Brian. Never Brian. <laughs> but you're talking about gift giving mm-hmm. and how much is too many gifts at Christmas. Mm-hmm. And I think therefore you gave a second important thing. Your husband and you have set a budget. Yep. And you're keeping within that budget. Yep. Until you're not. Right. <laughs> but you right. Keep within. right. I think what she's getting at is something that even transcends Christmas. And that wow. is are there things materialistically, money, she talks about things that are mine, even like her old furniture and this, that, like mm-hmm. that, but it's still hers. Uh, but the clothes that I wear, the house that I have, all this stuff, do they ultimately provide my identity and my happiness, mm. right? This is where the Bible gets at contentment. Yeah. And the question is, can I be content with the used car when my neighbor right. has the new car? Oh. Can I be content when, uh, you know, I'm trying all I can to pay my mortgage, but my neighbor up the street gets a, gets a, uh, 
gets an in-ground pool yes, or whatever else right, it might be. Right. Don't you think? I think the 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 danger of materialism is contentedness, yeah. not how many gifts did I buy my kids this Christmas. I guess that's Christmas. a really good point. And and you have to sort of think through your motivation, almost like you said, almost outside of Christmas, because Christmas you don't have to give in to Christmas the way I give in to Christmas, <laughs> but. Um, but in daily life when and I'm I mean, I think I'm actually really guilty of this. Like I do love still within my budget, still at TJ Maxx, yeah. but I still love to get new clothes because they make me feel good. Or I love to buy this thing because I think it will make me happy. Like mm-hmm. so it this is a real this is a very real battle, I think, for me personally. And though it might not look like materialism because it isn't the new car yeah, yeah, or the very expensive pair of shoes. It's the cheap ones at TJ Maxx. It still is like what's going on in my soul mm-hmm. when I feel the need to like shop and shop and shop and find new things. And I think that'll make me happy. And, that, and then you need more and you need more and it never ends. I think that's true. That's a problem, right? I think it's a matter of contentment. Yeah. And it could be Christmas. It could be in the middle of the summer. It can be mm-hmm. whatever. It is. What do I believe ultimately is going to bring me joy and happiness and contentment. And we live in a culture that says the more you have, the more content you will be. Yeah. And it's not true, but man, this gets really, really hard at Christmas time. So materialism, something to think about as you're online buying. Cause I do think, Aubrey, I think if you've saved through the year and you guys have a budget, yeah, spend the money, right, enjoy right, the gifts. Right. Like, I don't think we should be guilty for giving gifts to our kids and our spouse yeah. and whatever else. Yeah. The question is just in general, where do where does my soul find contentment? That's good. I think that's the question that's here. That's a good question. Should we mention here also that uh, that should I tell our audience that you just banged your head on the microphone and I came was, up holding wow. your head? I was really hoping we were going to skip <laughs> skip that whole moment. Why I, would we skip that? This is I, I just wish we were like online, like they could see us. I might sound concussed the rest you of the show. You have a red mark on your forehead. Is it a microphone shaped red mark? You have a red mark on I, your forehead. I probably will be concussed the rest of the show, so we should tell people. Like if Aubrey <laughs> says strange things, her words don't come out properly. She's reconcussed herself. There you go. The Coming up next, Aubrey. uh, I found this interesting, if not a little dark, a child sex crime investigator revealed what she doesn't let her kids do. I saw this. I want to talk about this. It's a list of five things she does not let her kids do. I want to read that list and discuss it next year on The Common Good. AM 1160, hope for your life. All right, Aubrey, we got lots of parents out there. Yes, you and, and I are parents and grandparents. Yep. You and I are parents, uh, but both of our sets of kids are a little older now, but I think still in this range right here. I found this over at the New York Post. You said you saw this as well. It was, went viral on TikTok. Hmm. A child sex crime investigator reveals five things her own kids are banned from doing. All right. So she investigates child sex crimes. Okay. That is her profession. And she admits Ugh. because of that, I might be a little bit like extra strict or some, vigilant, maybe. But yeah. Man, is it really telling what she says? Oh, I don't let my kids do that. This is kind of like the people who created Facebook and Twitter and all those things who don't let their kids go on social media. Right. Or let, they don't right. let their kids have a phone. Right. And you go, what do they know? Yes, that, that we that, don't know. Exactly. Mm-hmm. What, what was the movie again? What was that? The uh, uh, the social dilemma. Dilemma. Where yeah. they were like, oh, no, I don't give my kid. Oh, yeah, my kid, not till 16. Wild. I was See, like, like the founder of like Instagram and Facebook, like, no, we will never let our children have phones or go on social media. Like, <laughs> but wait. we want your kids to. <laughs> 
Hold on. Hold on. Something is uh, sus there. All right. Here we go. Oh, good use of sus. You're like my kids when I'm like, what did you say? Why, thank you. One day you just won't stop when I say sus, and then that'll know. That's how I know you're not old. All right, stop listening. (laughs) (laughs) All right, you want to know the number one thing she said? Uh, I do want to know. Rule. Uh, she's based in Connecticut, okay. and she said some of these tips might be surprising, but they're based on years of on-the-job experience. As a result, her top rule was to forbid her kids from attending sleepovers. So, this is funny. My husband is very strict about sleepovers, really? too. Yeah, like he's like, nope, if we can avoid it, let's avoid it. Kids can come over till... 10, 11, the and then we'll take them home. Yeah, the late over. Or like our kids can go someplace else till late, but... He's really strict about sleepovers, whereas I I don't feel quite as strongly as he does. I, I don't like them to be tired and cranky the next day, but he's more like, no, their safety, the decisions they make, the things they get into. Is yeah. that because he knew what he did at sleepovers, or is this like, I don't trust humanity, a little bit of all of it? I think a little bit of all of it. He got in trouble himself at sleepover, not meaning he got no, in trouble, not got caught, but yep. didn't make great choices. Yep. And, I, and may, I don't know, girls... I'm sure we got in trouble, but I just remember like staying up late and giggling and like yep. making collages. You know what I mean? <laughs> Your sleepover sounded awesome. Uh, so, so I've just tried to like go along with that because he feels real strongly about it. She said this. I get a lot of hate for this. Yeah, I could see that. Uh, but explain the popular activity was not worth the risk. She said you don't know who's there and who could slip in during the night. So hers has a lot more wow. to do about safety. It sounds like. What Kevin, your husband, saying a little bit more is, hey, it's the old saying, right? Yeah. Good things don't happen after midnight. Right, right. Uh, you mentioned one. Carrie's biggest one, my wife, her biggest one about our kids and sleepovers is, I just hate how cranky you are afterwards. So you true. always get sick oh. and you're always this. And you're so. always so grumpy and horrible to be around. Yeah. But I did sleepovers all the time growing up. I mean, they were so fun. Yep. Right? So that's her number one. She doesn't let her kids do sleepovers. You want ready for number two? Yeah, ready. She does not let her kids use Snapchat. Yeah. Given that... the high number of predators that yeah. use the popular app to prey on young victims. Yeah. She also revealed the app was especially risky as a user's location can be viewed. Ugh. And because children mistakenly believed photos sent over the platform would be permanently deleted. Mm. Ultimately, about a Snapchat, she said, nothing good comes from this app. Yeah, it's interesting. This is not the first investigator I've heard say that about Snapchat and others like it. Like mm-hmm. I've heard a I've heard a sex crime investigator in Illinois say where the kids go is where the predators are. So if all the kids are on Snapchat or if all the kids are on Discord, the mm. predators are also there. And so he was also very vigilant. Like, just don't let your kids do it. Absolutely. Just don't let it. And it's hard when you have kids and teenagers who really want to do it. Or, for instance, my son's high school, he's got teachers who are like, everything's going to be up on Snapchat. No All of our way. Yes. And I, at I've never first, heard of that. At first, we thought he was making that up to get on Snapchat. And then we actually, there are a couple teachers that use Snapchat wow. as the primary form. So it's not the only form of communication, but he feels like he's missing out That's because right. all his other friends in class are. That gets tricky. Totally does. All right. Third, 
Uh, This child sex investigator said she never forces her children to hug or kiss anybody, Mm. including family and friends. Wow. She said it's more it was important that children understand that only they can consent to physical contact. I know that sounds really mean, but it's their body, she said. And if they don't want to give a hug goodbye, then they have the right to do that Mm. and to set that boundaries. Uh, Totally makes sense. I was surprised when she said including family. Yeah, you think it would be like the Strangers. the good friend at church or right. whatever, but including family like grandma, grandpa, aunt, uncle, that kind of thing. Feel that adds a little bit of an edge to it, doesn't it? It really does. But the, I so her thing is more. I want my kids uh, to have like autonomy over their body, right? Like to be able to say. Yeah. I don't want to hug anybody and not yeah. hug your grandma, hug your aunt, yeah. hug your whatever, your cousin, whatever. You know, this is interesting to me, especially as a woman and from my generation, because I feel like we didn't. I, and this is probably true. This might not just be true for women, but I don't feel like I ever knew that it was OK to say, oh, no, I don't feel comfortable mm-hmm. hugging you. And mm-hmm. and I can remember, I mean, this is going to sound funny, but even as an adult, there was a weird guy to church. Kevin and I were at when we were first Always married, is. like years and years ago. But he would be like, oh, just I'm a hugger. Give me a hug. And he would do that to all the gals. And all the gals talked about how we hated it. But none of us felt the agency or the empowerment yep. to go, oh, you know what? I don't want to hug you. Yep. Like Instead, we would just avoid or we'd give a hug, but the whole time feel creepy. And so I do think this lesson, even though that does sound weird, this is really important for our kids to know I don't have to do this physical right. contact if I don't want to. to. Get it does that, seem hard with grandma and grandpa, but, but to, I understand. To build that muscle. Yeah. To say, I don't yeah. need to. All right. So number four, this one is fascinating. She said secrets are outlawed in her household. She said there's a big difference between having a secret and keeping a surprise. Mm. Kids need to learn that an outside adult shouldn't be telling a child to keep a secret, but added the caveat that it was acceptable to keep a secret for a friend if it would keep them safe from harm. So basically saying in our family, we don't want our kids to get in the habit of keeping secrets from us. Yeah. Yeah. That's hard. That's hard. It will. And then it's hard to know if they are or aren't. Right. Because I would say, sure, that's probably true in our family, too. Our kids know they shouldn't lie, keep secrets. But how do you know if they uh, are unless you, you sort of Build catch the them or, you know, so that's a tricky one. But yep. That makes sense. The last one she said, and this is right out of a sex crime investigator. She said she won't allow her children to use silly names mm. for their private parts, yeah. insisting they use correct anatomical terms. You might wonder why. She said, because it's easier to explain a situation to authorities if something ever goes wrong. Man, isn't it? I mean, she's so right and mm-hmm. so wise. Isn't it so sad? Yes. That the state of the world is such that that's the reality. That's right. That's right. All right. Wow. So somebody's out there going, man, I don't feel like I've set my kids up well. Mm-hmm. You can always start these types of things, right? Yeah. You can always talk to your kids, Absolutely. even if they're teenagers by now, right? Yeah. I mean, I think that's it. Like the, the open dialogue is the most important piece of this. And even like, I know I can think of my kids. We talk to them about some of this stuff. They will be like, I roll, I roll. Okay, mom. Okay, dad. But you still have the conversation and you still keep the dialogue open and you still want your kids to be you know, as wise as what is it? Why true to serpents, innocent as doves. Mm-hmm. Like we want that for our children. And if this means protecting them, that I think it's never too late to start.
It's never too late to dive into the conversation. That's right. So, found that to be a helpful list of five that's going viral right now on TikTok. Speaking of things your kids shouldn't be on. <laughs> Hopefully, uh, they, do, they do see this. Don't see this. Don't that's see the complicated there. one. Don't see it there. That's right. Coming up next, want to talk about people-pleasing. Where does it come from? What is at its roots? We're going to talk about that next year on The Common Good. AM 1160, hope for your life. Are you feeling concussed? You good? We told people I mean, earlier in the show I, you banged your head on the I, microphone. I'm not going to lie. I have a little headache. It doesn't feel concussion-ish, so I think I'll be all right. You need to turn towards me. You're facing the other direction. I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> well, oh, we are glad that you're, you're able to sit upright and you are good. All Thank right, you. Aubrey. People-pleasing. Heard of it. Do you have a... Where's your level of, of people-pleasing traits in your own life? Yes, I am a people pleaser. Um, let's see. Let me think about this. I I feel like though it's not the way you typically think of it. I I want people to like me. I will often say yes when I mean to say no or mm. want to say no. And I will sometimes, depending on who I'm with, not necessarily say contradictory things, but certainly say things that... F- like a code switch, like will fit more with this group of people than this group of people. And all of that is because I want their approval and I want them to like me. There you go. It's so funny. I don't think for for a long time I would have said I'm not a people pleaser. I am not a people pleaser. And over the past like three to four years, I've realized like, oh, oops. Yep. Oops. <laughs> yeah, I am. Are you? I, yo, I've always I've told you before you that I very me, much actually. am. But I like how you differentiate it, that it's not always like like me, please like Uh me, but it's affirm me or it's what do I have to do so that you think well of me? (laughs) Totally. And that might be that you like me, that might be that you praise me, you affirm Uh me, or whatever else it might be. Yeah, I don't understand people who are like, I don't care what people think of me. I I don't understand that either, but there are people, my husband is one of those people, and I'm like, how do you walk on this planet like that? I would say this is particularly true also like in different categories of my life. So, like, church sometimes mm-hmm. i think well if they like me enough if i'm charming enough they'll stay they won't leave and that's messed up so true. that's so messed up for for them and for me yep. you know no, i totally get that all right i'm gonna read to you a long instagram post about people pleasing before i tell you who wrote it yeah okay how's that sound because i Great. think uh, at the end of this understanding who wrote it i think adds some layers to this, add some context. Okay, let's hear it. But here's what was written. It's kind of long, so stay with me. Growing up, I always wanted people to like me, this person said. I was what you would call a people pleaser. Today, while I still strive to do good things for others, as we all should, I've come to realize that our main audience in life isn't other people, it's God. Be Mm. motivated not by what other people think about you, but by what God thinks about you. Mm. He went on to say, oh, I gave you a hint with a he. All right. I want to stand up for what's right. I want to stand up for good things. I want to stand up for Jesus. I want to stand up for life. I want to stand up for these good things. But I hate when people say bad things about me. And then a lot of times you'll say, but that's not even true what they say. And it will consume you. And if we let it, critics will consume us. So true. And then if we let it, we'll let critics change our decisions. I'm not going to do this because I'm afraid of what they're going to say. Mm. And so we change what we're going to do and we let them define our life. We can't give them the right to define our life. Only God has the right to define your life. Wow. But we give critics the right to define us because we're so scared of what they're going to say. We're so scared of having people not like us. Your critics can consume you, but we can't give them that right. Only God has Mm -hmm. that right. 
Give me your thoughts on what this person said, and then I will tell you who said it. Um, I I feel like the biggest thing was, and I'm I'm reinterpreting some of what was said, but almost like when you become a people pleaser, you give the critics all of your power. Like you give your power away to them. Mm-hmm. And by power, I mean things like your emotional energy, your thought life, your decision making. Like you give all of that away to people who actually aren't for you. Yeah. And then you're sort of in a prison of your own making instead of, I know the the whole like thick skin, tender heart is very, very hard to do. But that sort of mentality would allow you to still like to still keep your power again, meaning your thought life, your emotional decisions or allow God to keep it instead of other people. I also it's interesting to me too hearing that, Brian, from someone who I'm assuming is in the public eye, because that's most of the people who are talking about. I'm not going to say, you know, Jim from up the street. (laughs) (laughs) It's your wife. That's what she texted me today. It's interesting to me to think about this people pleasing as a form of idolatry, right? Because we're we're putting the person in the position of God in our life, that they have that much control over us. What I found fascinating and where this gets dangerous is I want people to like me to the point that I will change my decision making on something. Yeah. And you mentioned the church before Mm -hmm. you and I are both pastors, right? Mm -hmm. So I think our church should do X, but I want everybody to be happy. So either I'm not going to make the decision at all. Right. Or we're going to kind of just test the wind and see where we're going. This was written uh, by well-known former football quarterback and just well-known Christian Tim Tebow. Uh, Yeah, that makes sense. All the the critics and the focus on God. It makes sense, except it doesn't. Because Because he's a Heisman Trophy winner and super, you know, And when you listen to him, like when you listen to him, I I was watching a college football show the other day and he was a part of it. He comes across and he is very self-assured. Right. Very. And that's what I think is important. People pleasing is not necessarily, I'm not, I'm unsure of myself. It's not insecurity or low low self-esteem. Yep. 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 It is something else. And, uh, I think it's really interesting. He's like, no, we need to let God define us. What does that mean? Like, how do we do that? Yeah. I mean, you know, part of it is, I think, a basic foundational understanding that we were created by God. Mm -hmm. Um, But there is some internal work that I think the Holy Spirit has to do that continually transforms us to to remember to be moved by the opinion of God, not the opinion of man. Mm. And, you know, I always think of, um, was it Herod, Brian, who cared more about the opinion of people than God and like was eaten by worms or, or some drastic death like that? And it was Sounds right. scripture talks about because he cared more about the opinion of man. And I always think about how that w- that's a disgusting way to die. But also that is internally sort of what happens to us when we allow uh, people to be our judge and our jury is that we get eaten alive on the inside by all of the differing opinions and ultimately to have God be the one who defines us. One should be freeing mm. and full of abundance, but also I do think it just has, we have to remember God's word, what God says about how much he loves us. We have to remember that ultimately God's opinion is the only opinion that matters. I mean, there are just, it's like doing the daily practice. I think of re gospeling yourself to live that way. That's good. Also, you think of King Saul, right? King Saul, it was very much like, yeah, I want everyone to like me. And David right. comes riding in and right. kills that giant in a, in a way. And that drives Saul, that jealousy yep. uh, drives him. What is, uh, let's see. I'll, 
I'll put this question to me and then you can close this out by answering it. The okay. first step a people pleaser should take. Mm. The first step. So you and I have both said to varying degrees, we can have people pleasing tendencies. Yeah. I think the first step is recognizing that you do it. Totally. And like, no, I don't do that. Think to yourself this. If people, if you did something that you knew was right, but people said bad things about you mm-hmm. or disagreed with you, what would your reaction be? Mm-hmm. I think recognizing that you are a people pleaser, I think, is the huge first step. And then what? Then what would you do? Oh, man, I'm, I'm stuck. I'm, I'm stuck after that one. Right. No, uh, just want to know that you are. Yeah. No, I think wanting to know you are. And then remembering um that you are you have been created in the image of God. Mm-hmm. You are deeply loved by God and therefore you can say yes or no in any situation because God has given you agency and God has given you identity and you want to be faithful to him. And so your your yes or no in situations. I know this sounds crazy but to people pleasers it is hard to say no. Mm-hmm. You you have the agency to say yes or no to something and God will love you either way. And I, I think that's the start, like begin to recognize that you do it and then use your voice, yeah. like take up space. What we were talking about before, even with the, with the, um, uh, sex criminal, um, investigator. investigator, I know this sounds like a crazy connection, but one of the things she was teaching her kids was you don't have to hug and kiss everyone, mm. even family members. That's another example of that. Like you can take up space and say yes or no and begin to practice. That is part of overcoming this. Absolutely. Well, coming up next, it's one of our favorite things to do. Grinds My Gears is a time where we just unload stuff that we need to get off of our I chest. I love this. We are going to do it next year on The Common Good. AM 1160, hope for your life. And that music, besides just being awesome, like what if it you is awesome. said that to be your alarm in the morning? <laughs> like you're in a deep sleep and then all of a sudden, you know what really <laughs> grinds my gears. I, I feel like that would wake me up in a good mood. Shockingly, kind of the opposite of what you think. Yeah, that is ironic. Well, what grinds my gears is, is an opportunity for Aubrey and I to say, yeah, there's just these small things, these little annoyances that are going to grow yes. into big things if I don't talk about them, if I don't mention them. Yeah. And we get them off of our chest. Yeah, it's a beautiful way to use our radio show. It's never deep, but it's just it's just a shallow venting sesh between me and Bri. That's what we're doing. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, is that what we're going with? We're going with Bri now. Going Bri now. You mentioned Ob before. We shortened everything. Yeah. Okay, here we go with with grinds my gears. Here we go. Uh, I'll go first. Okay. I mentioned this earlier in the week. Uh, Last Sunday. I drove my daughter back to college. Wonderful time. Good. Uh, I drove her there. I stayed for about 10 minutes, helping her unload, get stuff into her dorm room. We put it down, gave her a hug, got back in the car, drove home. Awesome. It was it was it was enjoyable. Right. Spending time with my daughter in the car, the cap to a great weekend. But Aubrey, (laughs) on the way there. So thankfully, this happened when I had her in the car and when I wasn't alone, it took us. Three and a half hours to get there. Okay, and that's normal. No, three hours is the normal. Okay. Took us three and a half hours to get there and took me 240 to get home. Oh. Do you know why? No. It's a little thing we call oh. traffic. Okay, yeah. 
And I would like to vent about traffic. Okay, I would like to hear you vent My about daughter traffic. goes to school in Michigan, which requires you to take 294 yeah. to 94 around the lake. Ugh. And as long as I have lived in Illinois, but now that I'm here and driving my daughter that way on kind a somewhat regular consistently. basis, there is, a, there is a regular drumbeat of construction that is not being done. It's so annoying. But it's causing traffic. So annoying. This was a Sunday of Thanksgiving and three different times, twice in Illinois, once in Indiana, we ran into portions of the road where they were just backed up. And yeah. you're like, oh, it must be an accident. You wonder why they were backed up? Construction. Because there was a lot of cones in one lot, no. in one closing off one lane. That they weren't even doing anything in. There was, and now, nor there should have been, a, nor should yeah. there have been a construction yeah. worker on Sunday of Thanksgiving, but not a construction worker to be seen. And it just, you looked at them at, at your app and it was all red and there was not an accident. I don't know what it'd have been like if there had been an accident, but as I told my daughter, I can't think of a time where there hasn't been construction on that, on that stretch That's of the road. so annoying. I'll sometimes drive to Indianapolis and uh, it is, there. it's the same thing. Same place. It's, yes. horrifying and you kind of forget because you're cruising along and then you're like oh no here I am again and you're just stopped yes and there's no good reason for it it was an hour's difference between going there and coming back and it had nothing to do with anything except we're just going to decide to close some lanes here on the Sunday of Thanksgiving I don't get traffic. Why do you think traffic makes us so angry? Because I get angry. I got to be honest. I get really angry in yeah, traffic. It is angering, isn't it? Yes. Uh, why do I think it's so angering? Um, I mean, anything that kind of messes with my plans, I get annoyed mm-hmm. with. So that's part of it. It's really you can't control it Lack or change control. it. Right. Yes. And then I do think there's a feeling of just stuckness, because even if you're barely moving, that feels better than just not moving. But being stuck and kind of having no way out, it's sort of that claustrophobic trapped Mm -hmm. feeling. I think some boredom gets added to it. and But not being able to fix it or change it is very, very tricky. So that is mine. Okay. Construction. Yeah, that's a real one. I feel like that's bigger than grinds my gears. That's like a pretty serious venting. It is, and it's not. Because there's no reason you can't sit in in traffic and just go... Oh, I have more time with my daughter That's now. That's true. Or, That's true. Hey, I can listen to this podcast a little longer, longer to the podcast. Yeah. But the fact that I was able to do the exact same trip in forty-five minute difference, yeah. is a big deal. Okay, that my that hair, trip yeah. is taking us as long as four hours and as yeah. little as two and a half, and it always depends on those cones. Those cones. and where they're set up. Maybe you're just mad about orange cones more than anything else. Orange cones are a yeah. problem. Yeah, orange cones yes, are definitely. Yes, they signify problem. bad things. All right, can I vent to you about something? That's what we do here. So, I realize it's December 2nd, but I last week, oh, th- Black Friday, Thanksgiving's Thursday, Black Friday's Friday. Uh apparently Black Friday weekend or Cyber, Cyber weekend. Monday. Cyber Monday. To Cyber Monday, Giving Tuesday. Brian the atrocious, endless amount of emails I yes. received telling me about Black Friday sales starting now. That was like Wednesday. Uh-huh. And then Cyber Monday sales were starting on Black Friday. Giving Tuesday asks were coming in over the weekend. Yes, the Giving it Tuesday. was. No, and Giving Tuesday, I understand, is an invitation to generosity, but all of nope. it felt nope. overwhelming to me. It was like every single 
email Mm -hmm. list that I don't even remember subscribing to or haven't got anything from in years suddenly are telling me to buy their whatever. And it was it grinds my gears. And so I did a lot of unsubscribing, which is a good thing for me to do. But it it was so I was I've never been so inundated with emails. And I sort of just wish like, okay, fine, if we're going to have Black Friday, let's do it on Black Friday. If we're going to do Cyber Monday, let's do it on Monday. (laughs) But it never sticks to the days. Everybody wants to get on it early. It's so true. And then you're it's non stop. It's so true. It is it's so overwhelming. I I deleted a lot of things over the weekend, but you're right, it just keeps coming. It just and coming. keeps coming. And coming. And you know yeah. why? Cuz people like you admitted earlier in the week. I know, it's you true. buy things that I are do. on sale. I do, and I bought a lot of Cyber Monday and Black Friday things on Amazon. Yep. I did. So I guess do you know it what grinds your husband's gears. <laughs> <laughs> That's accurate. All the packages that arrive. But that is overwhelming. And I know it's I just agree. the reality we live in. Blah, blah, blah. Consumers culture, everybody making money. And again, I like to shop on those days, but the emails were way too yeah. annoying this year. Can I try to give you a deep grinds my gears? And I'm, we might not have enough time yeah. for this. Okay. Because traffic, yeah. emails, yeah. this and that. I had one hit me the other day when I was talking to my daughter. Oh, no. about co- And it wasn't about her or her friends or yeah. her college. But those of us who've grown up in the church, mm-hmm. in evangelicalism and stuff, you and I both went to Wheaton, yep. all of this stuff. Yep. I'm increasingly bothered by people who are like, who think it's cool to be cynical about the faith. Mm, do you know yeah, what I mean? Not I cynical as in like I have my doubts or questions, but like to just make fun of it. Yeah. And do you mean who Christian like, people? Yes. Who've yeah. grown up in it and are in it. Yeah. They're not deconstructed. Yeah. But like they've now hit this stage and high school kids do this, college kids. Mm-hmm. But we see people our age who are like, no, it's cool to like poke fun at, right. and we do it on this show all the time, yeah. but, but it's with a different edge. Do you know what I mean? Am yeah, I making sense? No, no, no. It's part of actually, believe it or not, why I, I took a break from Twitter because I felt like all the people I was following were people in the church that hated the church. And yes. I understand there's a place and a time to critique. You and I do that on the show. We all, You should always talk about corruption, toxicity, etc. Yeah, that's not what we're talking about here. But there sure. is a point where it's like, wait, do you love the church or do you hate the church? Yeah. And I started to realize the people I was following were just constantly cynical, constantly tearing down to the point where I'm like, this actually isn't good for my soul. Like, yeah. I still, with all of her, with all of her messy and brokenness, I still want to love the local church yeah. because this is still God's dream for the world. That's you know? great. I, I think I left. I, I had a conversation with someone, not my daughter, somebody else. And I was like, you know what? I don't want to be like them where it's yeah. like not just cynical about the church, but like where it's almost cool, mm-hmm. especially when they're younger, like high school, college. Yeah. It's almost cool to like make fun. Like the church is dorky or right, Christians. Right. And you're like. What you are like, yeah. what's going on here? Yeah. I don't know. I it just hit me this week, and I thought to myself, file that away for a, a deeper grinds that my gears. That is a deeper grinds my gears. Well done. You Thank just, you. You just elevated grinds my gears for us. I will take it back down next week. Don't <laughs> Please, you worry. I want some shallowness next week on Monday, same time from 4 to 6 p.m. For Brian Fromm, I'm Aubrey Sampson, and you've been listening to the common good right here on AM 1160. Hope for your life. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn. Flynn. 
deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.